everybody. Welcome to another, it's a, it's another week. Um, I don't know where you are while you're listening to this, but it's been kind of chilly and rainy in Kansas City, and I'm for it. I'm not going to lie. I'm all about it. Hey, welcome to it. another, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, welcome to another episode of Sideways in Time. As usual, I am your host, Lucha Chris, or as this guy likes to say it, Luch. Uh, and speaking of that guy, the always hilarious, the always um, sitting while podcasting in sunglasses, Patriot Pat, everybody. Say hello to Patriot hey. Pat. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? Okay. <laughs> What's going on, Patrick? It's been a fun week. Um, just, yeah, we had the Koloff interview last week. That was awesome. awesome. Such a sweet dude. That was yeah. dude, a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, we're back to normal. It's just you and I now. Uh, you know, and uh, getting things back to me. Yeah. Now. Uh, but uh, getting back to normal, uh, I do have a joke of the week. Oh. So, yeah. So Let's hear it. One, one thing you might not know about me, uh, I'm a huge nerd. I'm a huge geek. Uh, you know, like uh, there I have my Enter, Enter the Haggis tattoo right there. They're a Scottish band. I have my space. Let me see if I can get it. Out. I have my Space Invader tattoo there. I even have, I even have a, a Captain America tattoo right there. You know, there. show off my patriotism. Yeah. I also uh, I I have a Hulk tattoo, but uh, yeah, due to uh, uh, you know we'd have to go NSFW if I were to show that to you. So you know. Uh, and and also right now it's it's only Bruce Banner, um, you know. Don't make me horny. You won't like me when I'm horny. Just walk around smacking my dick everywhere, going Hulk smash, Hulk smash. Just lifting and throwing cars with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little purple sweatpants torn up at the base. Fighting Iron Man with it. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Hey, uh, mine's more like Squirrel Girl. So anyway. Um, we're going to move <laughs> on to, uh, this week in wrestling history in 1998 on October 12th, 1998, Ken Shamrock beats X-Pac in a tournament final for the WWF intercontinental title at the Nassau Coliseum, uh, in Long Island. The belt had been vacated when the champion triple H suffered a knee injury. Uh, here's the results of the tournament. In the first round, it was Ken Shamrock defeating Steve Blackman. Val Venus defeated Mark Merrow. X-Pac defeated Jeff Jarrett. Mankind defeated Mark Henry. And uh, this match saw the debut of Mr. Sacco and the Manimal Claw. Uh, the semifinals was Ken Shamrock defeating Val Venus and X-Pac defeating Mankind, which is, I thought it was kind of crazy, but, and then in the finals, obviously it was Ken Shamrock defeating X-Pac. 1998 was a lot of fun, in my opinion. Uh, mm -hmm. One of your favorites, Steve Blackman being involved in uh, in this, in this, but being defeated in the first round by Ken Shamrock, obviously they had a, a decent little feud and probably the only, other than Matt Riddle, one of the only like uh, UFC style round cage match things in, involved in WWE that actually worked. I think there's only ever been mm. two. It was Steve Blackman and Ken Shamrock, and then that one from NXT with Riddle and uh, who was that? Thatch. Thatcher, yeah. Thatcher. Awesome. Wait. Both both well, of those were fun. Yeah. They brought that back. They had Champa and Thatcher, too, but the Riddle-Thatcher in the cage was... Yeah. No, it, nothing against was... the uh, Champa one, but Riddle belongs in that environment. Uh, mm -hmm. in my opinion. So, 
Hey, uh, we're gonna we're gonna dive right in today, guys. Um, we've got a great show. I'm sure I said that in the intro, but uh, we're gonna go straight into our curtain jerker, which today is going to be one of our new segments that we did last week. It's gonna be the uh, hot take segment. Um, this one, I'm excited about this. I am too. And so uh, this week, Patrick uh, shot this idea up. Um, and I am all for it. So I'm going to go ahead and let Patrick uh, lead us into this one. Go ahead, Pat. What's our hot take this week? All right. The hot take of this week is that Matt Cardona is the best thing in professional wrestling right now. He is so fucking entertaining. He is, I mean, he has got the Twitter game down, and I'm the dude is a king of like, the uh, the internets i mean you know back in the day the zach Ryder, the the uh uh z true hollywood long story island. yeah z true that's what it was uh or z true long island, long story. island story. yeah um you know he was the internet champion he gets you know he does this thing he's middling around you know uh in uh wwe they throw him a bone to give him the ic title for 24 hours very and, and, and what was what them one of the biggest pops in WrestleMania for years up yeah. to that point. Yeah. And uh, it, I would say probably, you know, one of the top five, like mid best mid card pops. Um, I agree. You know, yeah, it's not going to compare with like the Hardys returning or, you know, anything like that, but just for, you know, your kind of just regular worker to get that huge pop. But anyway, yeah. um, so, you know, he gets released and, you see a lot of these guys that get released. What do they do? They either completely bag on WWE, which is kind of stupid because they were paying you really well for a long time. And, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I don't think that's too classy. So you could have just gone and uh, bagged on that. Uh, or, you know, or the other thing they do is like what Brian, Daniel, Daniel, Brian Danielson does, you know, and he's tired, you know, and other guys to talk about how, how much they love their time in WWE. Right. Or you could do what Matt Cardona did. That motherfucker just completely embodied everything about WWE and just started fucking not only trolling the whole internet, but trolling all the indies. And he has gotten more eyes on people that, okay, like me. I am your kind of average fan. You just started getting into the indie stuff. Right. But it was mostly WWE, WCW, TNA. Um, you know, just now AEW. I was watching the big now. I'm following his Twitter. He's gotten GCW over one dude. I don't give a shit what anybody says. That one motherfucking WWE release got a whole wrestling company over uh he's getting you know he got nick gage over nick gage appeared on freaking uh aew because of that i'm i there's no doubt in my mind it was because of that he's getting effie over i i was seeing effie on my twitter feed i'm like who the fuck is this guy and he started that whole feud which was on twitter was fucking hysterical yeah. one of the funniest things just how they were retweeting and quoting and replying and it was brilliant so yeah fucking matt cardona uh hands down is 
changing single-handedly changing the fucking wrestling world outside of wwe yeah um this is another one that we agree on pretty pretty well like we and we we i think we said it in one of the earlier episodes too that just you know when when mentioning matt cardona how wonderful this whatever this is this kind of revamp that he's doing because look you know like you said he wasn't a massive star in the wwe but he was a, a as far as wwe fans go he was a bit of a household name regardless mm-hmm. he'd been there for years he was one of the original not even one of the original he was one of the two edgeheads with him and mm-hmm. uh and 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 uh damn it now i can't brian myers and i'm a massive fan and i have been since the get-go i've seen every single episode they've got you know between the two of them they've got their online series the major wrestling figure podcast and the major wrestling figure network where they go and they shop around in all the different cities they tr- they're touring in and, and shop for action figures, mostly wrestling figures. Um, they're super entertaining on that. Um, obviously, Matt Cardona has been, like you said, with the internet thing. And that all, it, it's so strange how this is working out. And I'm sure there's more than us paying attention to this. But like, so the Effie thing, that just the, the feud that just went through here recently where Matt Cardona, um, I'm actually looking at the... Uh, the results right now because Matt Cardona won his Intercontinental Championship by or nope, not inter- Internet Championship back uh, with the help of Chelsea Green, um, but that belt has been around since the Z True uh, Long Island True Stories thing. Since so he fucking made it. Yeah, I mean, and he's he's known for making belts too. I mean, obviously with the GCW title when he won that, he had a custom belt made. He's he's a spinner. If I was, if I had the the funding that he has, I'd be getting belts, custom belts made every five minutes. But my point being that, like, first of all, he brought that in, and that's doing nothing but make people go back and maybe possibly watch his YouTube stuff from back in the day, so that they're aware of the history of the Internet Championship and what that's even all about, which is kind of a joke. Um, but as you said, man, you know, he after leaving WWE. He floated around, did what he could do, but then ultimately ended up on Impact uh, for a couple nights. It was a quick cup of coffee and Impact. He's good friends with Cody, so that that was no, kind of at, that. At, at AEW, he, he what did I say? He said Impact. Oh, my bad. So yeah, so he ended up on AEW. Then shortly thereafter, ended up on Impact, um, where he's had some on and off against feuds with his buddy Brian Myers and a few other people, um, but. I don't, it's weird. So I figured that either one of those two companies would have put him on a new level and it didn't really happen. He kind of, and not against not nothing against anything that either company did or that he did. He didn't do anything wrong and they didn't really necessarily underbook him. It was just, you know, where does, where do we put Matt Cardona? He wasn't getting a lot of traction that way. And the funny thing is never in a million years would I ever think, you know, before all this, Matt Cardona equaled indie guy mm-hmm. because he's so exactly. WWE. He's so, and even after leaving WWE, he is fully WWE. And that is what helps because he's, he's a smart guy and he yeah, understands really. that he can use that kind of like the outsiders did when they went to WCW, which we'll talk about later, obviously spoiler alert, but um, 
Yeah, but so he's kind of doing that outsiders thing where he, obviously everybody knows he was fired from WWE, but in character as Matt Cardona in these companies, in these indie shows, he's the WWE guy in the indies. It's it's weird, but it's working so well. So in saying so, I, I want to say that the only thing I'd rebuttal against you saying that he got GCW over, although he's brought it to a completely new level, um, you know, Nick Gage and quite a few of the other guys on that roster have really made GCW a massive name before that happened. But because of Matt Cardona, it put eyes that were not previously on GCW in GCW. I will also uh, agree that Nick Gage got a big, um, you know, boost because of that feud. That feud, and we talked about this before, it is was genius. Yes. Um, that whole thing. Cardona Nick, shows Nick, up in Jersey um, following uh, Nick Gage's match with Jimmy Floyd for the world championship. Ended in a no contest. A hooded figure walked in. He's doing the whole Moxley thing. So everybody assumes it's Moxley, which wouldn't have been a stretch considering Moxley's been in and out of GCW for years, even currently. Um, gives him the underhook DDT. Fans are going insane. He takes the mask off. And it's Matt Cardona, where equally as loud, the fans completely turned from happy to what the fuck. And I have to think that at first they had to have been like, oh, this is bullshit. But then once he started posting on social media and once Gage started posting on social media and they started having this back and forth and it just it it was genius. And then the feud continued where they were show up at each other's shows coming through the crowd, trying to get at each other. Um, Gage came and interrupted one of the uh, live podcast events that they were doing, which they, they portrayed as one of the most realistic angles in wrestling at the time. Uh, fast forward Gage wins. I mean, uh, Cardona beats Gage for the GCW world heavyweight championship, which he kept calling the 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 w or the uh gcw fans the gcw universe which is obviously a play on the wwe universe which made gcw that much more pissed off at him uh having cardona as a straight up easy heel it was an easy heel and i've mm -hmm. we've never seen him as a heel technically he's always been a face that we either booed or cheered because of that but having him as this natural heel is the best thing that's ever happened to his career, in my opinion. And so anyways, and then he he comes dressed as Vince McMahon, like he did in the WWECW era, where McMahon came out in the do-rag and the sweats. Like, he just, he's killing it. And he made, he made the GCW belt a spinner. Yeah, yeah, which was the is is the most hated WWE title, probably, <laughs> that U.S. title. Um, obviously... He loses the championship and calls it the, uh, I forget what town it was. I think it was the New Jersey screw job or whatever it was. Yeah, which Atlantic is City screw job. <laughs> another fucking play on words there. Uh, then, because of that, introduces the internet championship back uh, in this feud with Effie, which Effie, again, I have to dispute. Um, Effie is a huge name in the indies, but if you're not, if you're new to the indies or you haven't really that's, watched the indies much, that's what I'm talking about. You, you now know who he is because he is of mainstream this. now, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, 
Effie I, beats I him. Could, for, go ahead. I can tell you a bunch of bands that I like, like this tattoo. Enter the Haggis. They had, you know, thousands of people when they were at Kansas City Irish Fest. They put on a great show. How fucking many people know them? Right. I could, you know, so many bands. There's TV shows now. There's stuff like that that have a huge following, but they're not mainstream. You know, you don't, yeah, uh, you know, you don't hear a lot of these bands on the radio, even right. though they have a following. That's what I'm saying about Effie. That's what I'm saying about Gage and GCW. Right. I, you know, you had mentioned GCW to me uh, a long time ago, and I basically I was like, oh, okay, now I'm fucking excited about that. And, right. You know. Because of Cardona, because they got right. he, no, he I totally agree. He got a big name, but he did such a fucking good job. Yeah, and I and if this is because look, let's let he's got to think about it like this. Like, first of all, like again, he's got eyes on him on the internet. On the internet, he is a sensation. Like I said, mm-hmm. between his podcast and everything else in his vlogs, he, he's a character in himself. And you know, he's got this whole group of characters kind of that surround him like super Gabby, which if you don't watch major wrestling figure podcasts, super Gabby is this guy who sells figures out of a storage unit and he's super sketchy, but hilarious. And, you know, so he, he's able to kind of introduce characters that are real life, you know, like, and then he's got his, his fiance, Chelsea green, who's obviously doing huge things in the indies and the upper indies uh right now like he's you know it's he's killing it and this thing with effie not only brings in effie but then there's ally catch who's with effie and you know there's all these other characters like honestly there's a crew like dan the dead and warhorse and all these guys that and and girls that are involved in a lot of the the st louis wrestling like he's you know effie's got his hands with all of them so you it's doing nothing but good for the indie scene, to be honest, because mm-hmm. you've got this massive, massive character that everybody knows who's known as a WWE guy who's killing it in the indies and blaming the indies for his misfortunes. It's just it's happening so naturally that it's hard to argue that he's not the most intriguing uh, character in pro wrestling right now. Yeah, that's what I, I, he is, he's changing the game right now. He really and, is. You know, it's game changer wrestling. All, it's all about the game and, and how you how play, you play it. it. Uh, you know, you're, you know, you're doing something special too. When before a match, Mick Foley, the hardcore legend, which again, Matt Cardona is trying to steal that moniker uh because he had one death match <laughs> and now he's the death match king and all that death and king. <laughs> there's a video going around oh, i'm sweating <laughs> there's a video I, going I put around my arms up. I'm a, I'm a, you're not talking to nikita koloff today. today man settle down uh <laughs> so uh but yeah you know it's good That's how when, excited matt cardona gets me <laughs> right uh you know it's good when mick foley posts videos online of him at the gcw show before the cha- championship match saying and mcfoley doesn't curse much he said from the bottom of my heart fuck matt cardona and the place went <laughs> ape shit uh again clearly he beat uh he's he beat effie on um i think it was the 20 oh no october 9th um he beat effie to re- regain the internet championship uh man 
yeah, no, you're you're a hundred percent right. And she it was funny. Chelsea Green came in to interfere to help with basically looking like Chelsea Green, but she had like a stocking mask on. So we all knew who the fuck it was. Uh, but yeah, man, and it and it had total ECW vibes. Like it it really just felt like an ECW thing. And that's the thing with GC with GCW is they to me, in my opinion, aside from the fact that I think AEW is the absolute evolution of what would have been ECW, and what's funny is a few of them were just talking about that um, after an episode of mm-hmm. either Rampage or Dynamite went off the air. They had mentioned that and brought out some of the uh, alumni from ECW they had, which I had mentioned in one of our what-ifs before. Uh, but GCW... Oh, ECW had funding? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. And so GCW just feels like it's the spiritual successor of what ECW was. Obviously, it's a CW, GCW, ECW. You know, it's got the hardcore stuff, but it's not all hardcore stuff. You know, so it's and and then the arena that place there. I forget what what the ballroom is that they uh, they have those shows in, but it's fucking beautiful and perfect for pro wrestling. Um, But yeah, man, I told I have to totally agree. Uh, Matt Cardona is totally totally the the highlight of pro wrestling at least as far as getting indie guys over and that's the thing so cm punk being in aew his whole purpose is to get the young guys over um which is kind of the same thing that matt cardona is doing except for matt's actually down in the indies where aew is number two if not like number 2.5 of you know the the top dogs in the wrestling community so uh but yeah I totally agree, and uh, I don't know how hot of a take that actually is because I I have to believe yeah. that there's other people that agree with us. But I wanted to talk about it, and so did you. So so did I. So well, and how many? Yeah, because you're talking about him boosting up the indie guys. How many Effie shirts? Yeah. Can, you know, has he sold because of this feud? How many? Right. Uh, Nick Gage pizza cutters right. have been sold. Yeah. How many Dude, GCW pay-per-view buys Nick because Gage of this? is getting his first action figure because mm-hmm. of Matt Cardona and his connections to the figure world. He's getting his first action figure and he comes with a fucking pizza cutter. Like <laughs> and a light and some light tubes. Like so I don't care if they, you know, they they kayfabed the shit out of that feud, but Nick Gage has got to be eternally grateful that that feud happened because he's he's a made mm-hmm. guy. And I've been watching a lot of Sopranos, so now my my you know my my verbiage is he's a made guy, but he is. He everyone knows the name Nick Gage now. Everybody knows his face, whether they've watched any of his matches or not. Since then, is a whole other story. But like you said, if it wasn't for that, he may or may not have ended up on that AEW show that episode. Um. If anything, Matt Cardona just fast tracked it. You know, he's got that whole episode of uh, of Dark Side of the Ring. You know, it's just Matt Cardona has done a lot, and and I think the GCW fans who hate him, quote unquote, uh, are probably also very grateful because yeah, it stirred it up. It it was new. It's something that GCW hadn't done before. It put like you said, put eyes on it that weren't there before. It did nothing but good for that company. Um, and other indie promotions that are now booking Matt Cardona in similar scenarios because it's working. So good on, uh, good on Matt Cardona, man. He's killing it. And I totally agree that he's 
He's definitely the most intriguing thing, or at least one of the most intriguing things happening in wrestling right now. Um, and now, now I just have to say that somebody from Journey Pros should start talking shit. <laughs> well, yeah, about I mean, Matt Cardona. I, it could be any of them. Uh, so yeah, the Journey Pro, uh, Glory Pro, uh, WrestleMax, Anarchy, any of them. Like they, they could all use a little Matt Cardona. And, and, but at the same, I will admit though, I say that. But at the same time. Those companies all have good shit going on without them too. So if they decide they oh, want no, to they do, them, I'm, just, I'm, just I'm all for it. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and jump into our boy. We, we missed them last week, man. We, we had such an exciting show last week that we didn't have our weekly JCB rant. JCB, Jason Cornelius Bell from Band from Ringside Podcast at BFR Pod on Twitter, at BFR JCB on Twitter. Uh, so without further ado, we're going to reintroduce uh, JCB's what if segment what if segment his rant right now he's heating up this is banned from ringside what's up everybody this is your boy jcb i'm back for my weekly rant my rant this week is on the women's uh tournament the crown queen's crown tournament i believe is what it's called it's been all of about 10 minutes of a first round uh, tournament so far so i can't really be blamed for not remembering what the name of this tournament is. Basically, this is the equivalent of the King of the Ring. The finals will be in Saudi Arabia. That's strike one. But strike two, the biggest problem with this so far is the length of the matches. There have been four matches so far, opening round matches. The longest match of these four matches was Dewdrop versus Natty. Two minutes and 55 seconds. What the fuck is that? If you're going to do the tournament, then do it. Do it right. Put an investment in it. You got women in here that you can push at some point and make a new superstar. Instead, this just feels like who is most likely to go to Saudi Arabia and not be totally offended and be the team player that WWE wants you to be. This fucking tournament is a goddamn joke. They should have never put it out there. Look, Crown Jewel is going to be a nice card to begin with. You don't have to have Queen of the Ring or the Queen's Crown Tournament you know finals there to have a good card you got a good card there anyway against my better judgment i'm gonna probably watch it regardless but this tournament is a absolute fucking joke the fact that they're putting this on to begin with is a good thing but the bad thing about this is that they are having no sort of investment in it the fact that they did evolution years ago and haven't done a second evolution should have been the cue that this tournament was going to be nothing but a bunch of hot garbage that's your boy jcb i'm out see you next week this is banned from ringside all right as always thank you jcb for that weekly rant and uh patrick you had some odds yes. and ends you had some odds and ends you you wanted to uh to to jump in and, and and speak a little bit about what what do you want to talk about today well uh i I watched a lot of wrestling this week, and none of, of it was W. None of well, you you've been busy saving the world. Uh, yeah, I watched a lot of wrestling this week, and none of it was WWE. Nice. Um, and that's it, you know that's it's kind of nice that we live in a time. So, Rampage and Dynamite, just stellar. Um, As you yeah, know. the. Uh, the uh the super elite versus uh 
like Christian Cage, Brian Danielson, and Jurassic Express. Yeah, that that was just so much fun. Uh, it was super exciting. Um, the Daniel Garcia CM Punk match was just, that was that was just a clinic. Um, you know, that was that was the old grizzled warrior going yep. up against the young blood. And uh, <clears throat> Daniel Garcia is great too. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Ricky Starks, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks. He's one of those, he's another, he's another one of those pillars that wasn't mentioned, uh, on dynamite the other week. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like Ricky Starks is going to be a big deal down the road. You give him five years. He's going to be, uh, everywhere. Um, he's got a lot of rock energy. Yeah. 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 He's like a, a, a smaller version of the rock. He's the pebble. Uh, (laughs) So, so you know, uh, yeah, Dynamite and Rampage, uh, just you have great shows as usual. Uh, watched Impact. Impact was a lot of fun. The uh, the main event, the tag team of uh, Josh Alexander and Christian Cage going up against uh, uh, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton, um, nice, and yeah. then uh, yeah, Josh Alexander getting ready to you know finish him. He, Christian reaches in and does a little tag, so he gets the win and stuff. They're obviously setting up for him, yeah. Yeah, building up that tension for their Bound for Glory match. Um, I still say Josh is the man to dethrone Christian. Uh, It only makes sense. He's just stellar in the ring, and he's really good on the mic. Um, I do like... I I love the in-ring action of Impact. I think it's really, really good, but that fucking casino that, that whole casino bit it is so bad that it's good i absolutely love that's love kind it. of been impact's thing for a long time if they if they know it's going to be kind of weak they might as well go all in on it and just let it yeah, be they, over the top and stupid they go full ham um the uh Tenille dashwood and uh oh what's her uh madison rain hey you know how they have their little interview show and decay comes in and takes it over oh that was brilliant um yeah so yeah i agree back to three. now my dvr i don't know it didn't record the uh ring of honor um from last week uh but i did watch uh because I, I haven't caught up on a ring of honor too much so i did watch one from end of september and uh Two things. One, Jonathan Gresham. Holy shit, that dude is a beast. Oh, man, he is just so good. I mean, all around, just yeah. amazing. Um, and then uh, there was the uh, 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 Pure Rules of uh, Brian Johnson versus PJ Black, who... Yeah, PJ uh, Black's amazing. I didn't know that PJ Black was Justin Gabriel. Yeah. Um, because it's been so long and he's it, grown up uh, <laughs> yeah he, he looks like he could be tyler bates dad yeah uh, and it was a great match what, you know just just a lot of fun really exciting uh uh, uh brian johnson got the win um but uh pj black's hair dude's got like every hairstyle going on at once <laughs> i don't know i don't know what's going on with that um but yeah, so Ring of Honor was it, it, that was solid. I I can't wait for them to get crowds back. I think that's the reason why I don't watch it is because it's 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 the only show that's the you know, no crowd. Impact, um, Impact and MLW were the last two that it just yeah. finally started getting crowds again. And that leads me into MLW. Since I was going to mention it now. if you didn't, yeah. 
Yeah, M- MLW is on Vice now, and uh, Vice is on Sling TV, and Patriot Pat has Sling TV. So I set that up to DVR it, and wh- I I had watched a couple of uh, the YouTube episodes and stuff, but I mean, you know, look at me, I'm old. YouTube is not my thing. You know, that's your thing, Luch. I it you is. know, I want I want it convenient. I want I want easy. I want to hit my DVR. You know, I want my Roku and my TiVo. Right. Uh, yeah. I want my so, VHS and my laser disc. I want my VHS, yeah. I want Betamax. <laughs> so, uh, MLW, wow, that was just—they're great, man. They're super they, underrated. They are, they are so good. Um, yeah. Uh, the only thing—the only great. thing that throws me off about them is their the the ring is like a, it's either a sixteen or a fourteen. So like WWE tiny. and AEW have the 20, 20 by 20, they have such a smaller ring and it kind of throws me off, but uh, that's the smallest nitpick I could possibly find for them They're Otherwise their content is great. Yeah. I mean like the, yeah, they, I mean the mat, the, or the show, uh, Fightland, you know, their premiere was the, the four way match for that was of the middleweight. Yeah. Uh, national or world champion. Um, and then the, uh, uh, the, heavyweight champion yeah so um, the the fatal four-way was tajiri uh myron reed ariz and armas i think yeah that's what threw me off those two dudes their names were so close that i was yeah. having trouble telling them apart uh you know from from the announcers because i'm tajiri, familiar tajiri coming through with the win on that one yeah uh and then uh uh the hammerstone fatu match Whew, you know meaty men slapping meat yeah, that was that was ugly. And you know, I had seen on Twitter that when where Hammerstone rolled his ankle. So yeah. I and then I saw it in the match. I was like, oh, oh. I mean, that was, I I did that playing basketball back in the day. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's no fun. And that was just me running up and down a court. I, I wasn't trying to lift up a three hundred pound Samoan. Also, a, a, a match of note. There was quite a few on this card, but um, the open cut, open cup jesus opera cup uh semi-final match of davy richards uh beating bobby fish davy richards is amazing also a st louis guy now uh for the most part um and then bobby fish obviously being one of the greatest you know technical and and striker type kicks and punches type guys uh fucking awesome match um, and Bobby Fish still looks like he should be bare knuckle boxing in I back know. alleys in New York City yeah. in the 30s. And that's the other you thing know, about MLW ends. that I love too is that they're doing they're they're doing their best to bring back the soul of Lucha Underground with Azteca Underground. Um, mm-hmm. So we're gonna start seeing bits and pieces of. I was I even in its worst seasons I was a Lucha Underground fanatic, clearly, uh, but. Uh, yeah, that was a super cool show. It was it was it was a lot of fun. I'm I was I'm really impressed with the with the production with the, you know with uh I liked the little panel in the middle. Um yep. you know they had a you know a bunch of wrestling analysts on there. Um my one critique about Meltzer is if you're going to be on TV and you're going to be this fucking close to the camera, maybe put something on that giant zit that's leaking on your face you know maybe it's put some makeup on that or something probably that was cold sore full of lies <laughs> <laughs> i so have a love-hate thing with melter man 
I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just going to move on. I'm just going to say, you know, cover the open wounds on your face when you're on camera. I mean, you know, you could maybe grow a beard. It's yeah, worked I, for me. He probably uh, can't grow a beard. <laughs> I'm growing one. I don't know. There, there was also a spot like down here that he missed shaving. I mean, I'm just like, dude, you're, you're on TV. He's, uh, a, he's a wrestling uh, reporter. He doesn't have to do any of that shit. So, but, uh, yeah. Uh, MLW. Yep. That's set up on the DVR now. I, I really dug it. Um, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy watching it. Like I enjoyed when I started watching uh ring of honor and when I started watching AEW and just, you know, getting into the characters and that's what that'll, I, yeah, like, that's what'll rope you in, you know, it, it, at least for me, if you've got a company like MLW does have seated storylines that they go through, even if sometimes they're not super strong, they still have them, which it's easy to get it's like you know and then they have the von erics you know which is always fun they got filthy tom lawler who's always uh uh entertaining like which right now he's he's like a massive heel which is strange um but their their roster is and, oh, yeah warhorse was, was on that show. yeah will osprey will is coming so i mean he and you know everyone's saying he's like the you know one of the top three in the world yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You know, good on them for for picking him up, man, because that's gonna do the same. You know, they're nothing but eyes on MLW from this point forward. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that was a that was a super cool show. Um, uh, we could talk about some WWE, but why? Uh, so we're gonna move on. Um, and hey, boy, WWE, as I wear my mustache mountain shirt, but that's yeah. just because <laughs> hey. Fred Seven is my spirit animal. I mean, come on, like, first of all, I mean, we can, I'm not going to get into details, but obviously the Roman storyline is still intriguing. Uh, the idea of, of this whole edge and Seth Rollins thing continuing is kind of intriguing. Uh, Biggie hasn't lost the world title yet. So, you know, we're, we're going yeah. there. Goldberg is still Goldberg and he's still old and Bergie. Uh, and, uh, and in, in round one of the Queen's Crown tournament, there were, on Raw, there were four matches with a total combined match time of like eight minutes and twelve seconds. Good on you! Really showcase yeah. that female talent. You know, you got some of the best wrestlers in the world. You know, of that gender, and well, you and- got three hours to fucking fill, and you give four matches a total of eight minutes combined. You have three. Three hours, three fucking hours to fill, and that's all they get. These women are so fucking talented. They're entertained. They headlined WrestleManias, and you're fucking giving them eight minutes combined for four fucking matches. Not only that, but like even with the King of the Ring tournament, like I like I saw the card when they originally dropped the bracket, and there's only like six people involved. Like I remember King of the Ring being like a big ass, like what just use a bunch of people who aren't used and, and beat them. Like it's a tournament. These are supposed like I'm, I'm with the BFR guys. Like tournaments are some of my favorite things because they make logical sense and mm-hmm. they can set up storylines and feuds. So even if you lose the tournament, as long as you do it correctly, you can start a massive feud and a great angle out of a tournament. Tournaments are the best. Even if it's not like King of the ring, 
Like in, in WWE, in the 2K games, like I always have a tournament leading into a championship match, even if it's not for a title, that person becomes number one contender or they beat them for the, or, or it's a title match at the end or whatever, but tournaments are just so intriguing and they're doing this like they do the tag division. They're just doing it for fan service, but there's no soul or backbone to it. You know, they're, they, they don't really care. They're just doing it because we asked for it. Then they can turn around and say, well, you guys asked for it. We did what you wanted. We're listening. Well, no, you're just you're just giving us bread that's stale instead of giving us fresh bread that's been toasted with gourmet butter on it or avocado or jelly or or what or uh, fucking apple butter, whatever we're going to. We're getting fucking hydrogenated trans fat shit. And it's spread out. It's spread out over three, four weeks. I remember when King of the Ring was its own pay-per-view. And and that was it. Maybe you had like a title match at the end, you know, uh, a world right. title match at the end. But but the King of the Ring was the tournament, just like uh, Royal Rumble what? is, you know, you have the Royal Rumble and then you have a couple of title matches. And extreme you know? rules. Uh, so even even so like look back in history at the king of the ring look at all the made again with that word the made guys that have come from king of the ring like all all of these guys that won king of the ring have gone on mostly to be really big deals in the company and afterwards i mean austin is always the first one to come to mind angle austin owen there's uh, there's so many Booker King Booker King yeah. King Booker uh but yeah I mean right. I, I, for real and and then what happened the last few times like I don't remember who was even the king of the ring before Corbin and Corbin that's good they I'll didn't sh- have it for like five years true so and with Corbin I, that wasn't a complete disaster I didn't hate the Corbin thing I think what they're doing with him now is a lot more intriguing with him being like this you know kind of Hi, you know, whatever the happy Cor- Corbin thing works. It's just still not like, like, what are you guys doing? But yeah, I mean, the King of the Ring is nothing but if 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 booked correctly, is all good. Like it means nothing but good for everyone involved. Um, and the fact that it's like a a tournament that's leading into uh, Blood in the Sand or whatever they call it, uh, Crown Jewel. Um, Oh, I thought it was throw throw the homosexuals off the building, but I mean, you know, kill the journalist. Is that yeah. it? Is yes, it, something is along it, those know, lines. It, but know, yeah, the uh, fact that it's all oil for blood. I, I, yeah, blood blood got, oil or whatever. Um, blood, but yeah, yeah, oily blood. That's yeah, it. That's yeah. It. Just the the fact that it's all just something that's happening on their weekly shows leading into that pay per view instead of it being its own inclusive pay-per-view where they could get rid of fucking extreme rules. They could get rid of uh, hell in the cell as a pay-per-view, not as a match stipulation, but as a pay-per-view and add something back like King of the ring. King of the ring was one of the top like five pay-per-views when we were growing up, you know, oh, yeah. it just, it, I don't know. I, it doesn't make sense to me. And I it don't, doesn't really matter. Cause I'm going to be totally honest. I only got to see bits and pieces of AEW this week, which kind of bummed me out because I'm a huge AEW mark. I got to see bits and pieces of MLW, um, and I got some highlights from other things. But like you said earlier, it's been a really hectic week for me, uh, a couple weeks. So I haven't really been able to dive in as much as I normally do. Um, 
But I also I could have been doing nothing and would have not watched WWE programming. And I don't mean to sound bitter again. Like you said, it's really nice the time we're in because we're able to watch whatever we want and not have to watch what we don't want. Because if we didn't have all these other companies right now, you and I would be doing this podcast and all we'd be doing is shitting on WWE, which is a lot of podcasts. And I'm not knocking that. I, you know, Band from Ringside spends a good amount of time shitting on WWE. They spend almost as much time just discussing what they're doing. Um, they're not just an exclusive shit on WWE podcast, but I listen to it. And I'm entertained by it. And a lot of times what's being said is valid. Um, but I just, it's a shame because I, like we said in last week and the week before and the week before that, they have extremely, extremely good talent. They, they're not stupid when it comes to who they book, um, but it's just how they book them is still in the air for me and now all of a sudden wwe's using wcw shit from back in the day that wwe shit on when it happened by adding chucky to to raw like uh, is is lily his girlfriend like i I saw a tweet last night that said uh it was from chucky uh (laughs) less talking more wrestling hashtag wwe raw and it was like, even the fucking stupid doll gets it, you know? Yep. Yep. But so, yeah, so that's, uh, that's our odds and ends. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, we, every time we get to talking about WWE, I end up cutting most of it out for the uh, audio version of this podcast. So, um, well, well I'll leave, leave the uh, Queen's crown stuff in everything after that. Oh, I'm we'll leave sure everything in. Leave. We're making good time right. right now. So, uh, but we are going to, I will say, yeah. Oh, I, I, I do want to throw in a couple of uh, pop culture things real do quick. It. Do it. Um, uh, uh, so on Hulu, if you have the Hulu, um, only murders in the building with Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. I've heard good is, things. It's absolutely brilliant. I It's fucking hysterical. Um, I, you know, I grew up with Steve Martin and Martin Short I and mean, fucking Three Amigos and, yeah, same. Uh, you know, uh, all that shit, uh, you know, um, and then the other one on Hulu is Why the Last Man. Um, it was based on a graphic novel, and it's about I, every male dies except for one dude named, you know, his name is uh, Uric Y. Um, so, you know, and also Y chromosome. So they right. got to figure out why he's the only one that survived. So it's, you know, kind of a dystopian post-apocalyptic type thing. But it also goes into, like, the social aspects of, like, you know, how much men actually are in power and control and stuff and you know how you know kind of that needs to change i'm a few episodes into that um you know really really good uh solid writing diane lane's in it she's still absolutely gorgeous um so so yeah those are my pop culture things uh also uh with pop culture stuff i watched many saints of newark um which is the sopranos prequel movie um you probably don't have to watch Sopranos or had watched Sopranos to understand the movie, I but never you will definitely benefit from knowing some of the show. But I will say I've been a huge fan of that series since it started like a hundred years ago now. Um, and it's in my opinion, no pun intended. It's the godfather of those HBO style dramas, <laughs> uh, you know, with breaking bad and that everything that's come since then. Um, 
but after watching the movie, I started back into the series and it made the movie that much more good because the movies it's good. It's not amazing. Um, but if you're a Sopranos fan, I definitely recommend it, especially if you're going to follow up with watching the series after because they really did pay a lot of attention. Uh, my only complaint was that it it was a two hour movie that should have been a maybe a two season series they crammed a lot of information and a lot of stuff into one two-hour movie but if you're a fan like i am you'll probably enjoy it any other pop culture uh uh tidbits um not that i can think of um no if you you think of anything we'll do this again next week too because i I like the idea of kind of jumping in and out of wrestling a little bit from time to time Uh uh, I've been listening to a lot of ska, and I say uh, if you want really good shitty music, look up Voodoo Glow Skulls. Voodoo uh, Glow Skulls is awesome. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. So, uh, and uh, so yeah, as we as we move along um, on today's episode, we're going to move along. It feels like this went by really quick. Uh, it's it's different. <sighs> We only had the one episode with an interview with a get. Oh, uh, for you, uh, for you, for you listeners and not watchers, Patrick's very sweaty right now. Um, and he's going to get us, he's going to get us banned on YouTube by showing off his sweaty pits this whole time. Um, speaking of YouTube, I was going to do this a little later in the show, but Hey, we have a giant. What? Stop it, Patrick. He's touching himself. He's he's not touching himself in that way, but he's doing it in a just let's move on. Uh so watch watch the episode on YouTube. Uh great segue, by the way, Patrick, getting us to go into this segue of watching you on YouTube do some inappropriate things. Uh we have a giant whopping five subscribers on YouTube right now. And we are extremely thankful for all five of you. Uh but I will say, even if you don't watch YouTube. Um, most people, if you have a Gmail account, you probably are signed into the, you, you know, when you're signed into Gmail, you pretty much lo- have an account through a lot of the things that Gmail is connected to YouTube being one of them. Look, I know that some of you watch YouTube. I'm a huge YouTube viewer. He's not so much. Uh, if you're like Patrick, all you have to do is go on to sideways and time network on YouTube. Uh, you'll know it because it's the logo and it's really cool. Uh, and also um, subscribing helps, man. It really does. So even if you just subscribe and you never come back to the channel, uh, it does help a lot to get those subscriptions. Um, and as we progress and get more of them, we we are able to do more things and be uh, more content friendly. As we've discussed the last few weeks, slowly but surely, we will be introducing some new segments and some new video content to the channel. Yeah, some fun um, stuff. Yeah. So, uh, and and of course, again, um, if you're listening to this and you haven't jumped on the YouTube channel, so our audio podcast obviously drops every week on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere podcasts are found. But if you're entertained by watching a, a a little guy in a mask and a and a taller guy with a beard and a and a patriotic cowboy hat. Come on on, join us on YouTube, leave some comments, subscribe, like the videos. Again, it, all it's going to do is help us and it really won't take up any of your time. Uh, so we would really, really appreciate it. Also, if you're interested and you're a fan of the show and you're on Facebook and not Twitter, uh, we have the Sideways and Time Nerds private group on Facebook. Just search in Sideways and Time Nerds. Uh, request to be a part of the group. We 
throw memes in there. We might start doing some pay-per-view watch-alongs in there, you know, that kind of stuff, just general discussion. And uh, we drop our episodes and all that kind of stuff in there as well. Um, and then, of course, on YouTube, I mean, on uh, on Twitter, right there, you can follow us at Podcast Kinda, uh, at Lucha Chris TV, at Patriot Pat underscore 1776. Uh, so, yeah, just come show us some love. And uh, with that being said, let's jump into our main event, Patrick. What's our main event tonight? Oh, the main event. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Uh, this was uh, the runner-up from two weeks ago, last week, the, whatever we did the last poll. Yeah, it was but last week. This was one. This is the one that we kind of wanted to do yeah. uh, more. Uh, you know, uh, but this is what if Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid, Mr. WrestleMania, the man who hasn't seen a barbershop window that he hasn't thrown a friend through. Uh, what if he, he left? also probably hasn't seen a barbershop in a while. He's looking rough. He doesn't need to. <laughs> That's true. He's Shawn Michaels. Um, uh, what if Shawn Michaels left WWE with Hall and Nash or right around the same time as Hall and Nash? Um, now, granted, you know, we, we know that this is a very, very big what if because he was under contract for a few more years. Um, but, you know, that's the fun of what if we go. Hey, what if? So we're going to jump in the time machine. We're going to strap in. We're going to set the space time continuum or space time, whatever. We're going to strap in. We're going to go sideways in time. And like Patrick said, capacitor, we that, yeah, that's it. Uh, and uh, we're going to, like he said, we're going to check out what if Shawn Michaels left WWF for WCW uh, in the Monday Night Wars. And to set the scene, January uh, 1999, Shawn Michaels was the WWF champion. Uh, and in order for Shawn to go to WCW, he would have had to drop the belt to The Undertaker at Royal Rumble or vacate it. Um, it's one of those, uh, you know, if you didn't know, obviously the click, uh, you know, it was Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash. Scott Hall, Triple H, and Sean Waltman, a.k.a. X-Pac. Uh, and there was the infamous um, curtain call, which we've discussed on this show before. Um, and obviously, that was all leading from Hall and Nash leaving for WCW. Um, and Shawn Michaels was very adamant about saying that he was not going to leave. Him and Vince were very close. He was all, obviously a, a top guy. Uh, a lot of people called him the golden boy of the of that era. Um, obviously, if he would have left for WCW, um, you know, Nitro and WCW would have seen a massive increase in ratings for the, you know, the weeks into that, you know, being that he's such a major star in the WWF. Uh, during the time in WCW, the NWO had been around for almost two years. Um, so it was very certain that he would have joined or been a part of the NWO angle in some way or another, obviously with Hall and Nash being there uh, and being such crucial parts of it. Uh, and obviously losing Sean would have been, been a huge loss for WWF uh, as one of their top stars, along with, you know, Brett and uh, the majority of the mid nineties uh, would have lost a lot of their top guys at that point. Um, you know, uh, 
the bump in ratings would have been some bra- definite bragging rights for the W or for WCW against WWF. Uh, you know, getting Hall and Nash was a big deal, but at the time, Sean was the guy. Um, so it would have been like WWF's equivalent of Hulk Hogan being the leader of the NWO, in my opinion. Like, not not to say that Sean was anywhere near or anything like Hulk Hogan. Just status-wise, you know, he was the guy in the WWF at the time. Um, you know, what would have happened with Sting and Goldberg, DDP, other notable talent at WCW? Um, they, they probably would have gotten buried. Goldberg wouldn't have had 173 winning streak. DDP and Sting would have also suffered, uh, you know, because Shawn Michaels was w- would have definitely been there to bury people, not intentionally on his part. But it, such a high-caliber talent joining a roster of extremely high-caliber talent with all the NWO angle and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, ultimately, um, I, don't, I don't know what the future would have held there, though. Um, you know, I still think personally that WWE still would have probably... I don't think Shawn Michaels would have been the the absolute tipping point for WCW. I don't think Shawn Michaels would have been the reason WCW would have won the Monday Night Wars. Uh, I think he would have helped, and it may have helped stretch out the ratings a little longer. Maybe WCW wouldn't have been bought out for a a few more years. Uh, But considering that, you know, it would have been around 1998 that it happened, and it wasn't until 2001 that WWE officially started using WCW in their and their storylines, uh, you know, would Shawn Michaels have been, been the ultimate tipping point? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, but I don't think so. What would have been interesting though, is that if he would have left and done well in those three or four years, uh, for WCW, say Vince McMahon still has the opportunity to buy WCW. Cause let's face it. Creative wouldn't have necessarily been any better off. Sean is a very smart and intelligent guy. He's really good with the psychology of the business, but so was Holland Nash. Um, so I don't necessarily think that Sean being there would have been the, like I said, I don't think it would have been the breaking point, but it would have been interesting to see Sean either leave before WCW shut down to go back to the WWE, or I mean, would he, what he could have gotten hurt in WCW and had to take a massive break like he did where he left and he found God and changed his whole lifestyle and uh, was out of the business for quite a few years. Um, So it would have been interesting had he not come back to WWF at all after leaving, but been a part of the NWO angle when they brought Hall and Nash and Hogan back or not even back when they brought him in for the first time as the NWO when uh, Vince McMahon, you know, hired the NWO to come in and help try to stop. Uh, I don't remember if it was Bischoff or, or uh, Ric Flair at the time, because I know Ric Flair was co-owner of Raw at one point in that whole story. Uh, and then, you know, there would have been a lot of iconic matches that would have never happened had he left WWF at the time. And I can't really think of any fantastic ones that would have beat what he did in WWF had he gone to WCW. What do you think, Pat? Uh, okay. So, uh, Hulk, Hulk Hogan, uh, John Michaels was the man in WWE, but he was, he was kind of the man, um, because 
the the uh, uh, pool to choose from was kind of shallow. Right. You had Macho Man leave. You had Holland Nash leave. You had uh, uh, Hogan leave. You, had, you know, all these people were leaving and going to WCW. I mean, you know, um, so you know, he was the man because you know Bret Hart left. All this, you know. He was the man because he was the young guy. He was charismatic and stuff like that. And he was also, you know, kind of the only choice uh, to be right. the face of the company at that point. Um, and n- no knock against him. It was just that, you know, he was just kind of really pushed into uh, the. Uh, I don't want to say pushed into the main event, but, uh, you know, because he, I mean, he was ready for it. He was ready for it, you know, for a long time. And the dude, everybody says he's the greatest. But so he was at that point kind of the the kingfish in the small pond. Um, yep. Small pond, like big name wise, not. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, why would you go, you know, if he went over there, he would just be another big fish. But there would be so many bigger fish. You have Hogan, you have savage you have flair you have nash you have hall you have you know Lex, they built a BDD, they built yeah. yeah goldberg um you know all these other guys and stuff that he would have been kind of lost in the shuffle i don't think and he wouldn't have the legacy that he has today um and like you said the iconic matches we wouldn't have got you know it, the undertaker michaels match everybody rates that as like you know the wrestlemania the, the, the wrestlemania match right yeah, yeah, yeah. They rated as like one of the top five matches of all time. I mean, you it's, know, it's hard to disagree with that, man. It is a fantastic it, fucking it, match. It was just that's just one of those. And then they did it again. And usually the sequel doesn't live up. And you know, uh, was, if that first match was a ten, the second match was like a nine five. You know, <laughs> I mean, and you um, had you had Ric Flair's quote unquote retirement match, which was you know a very very yeah. emotional moment for wrestling in general. Yeah, and granted that happened years later, but would that story have built up? Right, exactly. Same with Um, a lot of the feuds between him and Triple H, and that in mind, and it's one thing I forgot, and and sorry for interrupting you, but DX. Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't, yeah. uh, Well, uh, we would have had it, but, but, you know, uh, I don't know if that actually, if that would have given DX more power, if Sean left to go to WCW and was an NWO, if, you know, Triple H would have taken over and, you know, that would have given DX some more power, but it would um, have, it may have shifted how DX was used, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they wouldn't have been just the silly degenerates. Maybe they would have made it a little bit more of a serious, you know, force to be reckoned with just to kind of keep the, try to keep their ratings higher due to their predicament but go i'm yeah. continue but i see i don't i i think him staying in in wwe you know uh, it, uh we could speculate about anything but right. him staying in wwe was the absolute right decision i, I don't so, think too. he would have been as impactful yeah he might have got a world title run like red Hart got a world title run um uh, yeah but look how they look, did red Hart in wcw yeah yeah you had the greatest name in you know wrestling at the time and he just kind of floundered he flip he was big showing flip-flopping between heel and face yep. week to week for no reason i i don't think it would have been that extreme for uh sean sean also uh a very outspoken so right. and, and also being good friends with hall and nash and stuff um uh you know i he would have got 
he would have had more oomph to him, but I don't think it would be anywhere near the levels of Shawn Michaels today well, or, and, or of Shawn Michaels staying in WWE. And we would have maybe seen the downfall of Shawn Michaels as far as his, his well-being because he was yeah. over there in a company that didn't really keep an eye on those types of behaviors as much. I mean, Scott Hall being a very great example of that and among others, but you know, his, his substance abuse and his alcoholism and, and his behavior may have been even worse because they didn't have as much of a leash on him. Vince, yeah. Vince was very well known as trying to keep Sean as much in line as he could knowing one, he was going to bring money into their company Two, he was safer with them. You know, he was like an undertaker in the sense that that's their guy. Sean was their guy. You know, he wasn't mm-hmm. over there at WCW at, at you know, it, it, he was, oh, he was always the WWF guy. Um, so yeah, I, it's, it's hard to say, man, like it would have been cool. It would have been super cool. And it would have definitely, if you really want to sit back in 1998 and think about the impact that would have made immediately, it would have been massive and it would have, and I think it would have shook WWF. It really would have, but I think Vince being the kind of uh, cerebral type creative type at that time, he would have found a way to not only dig at him for leaving, but turn it into something that would have boosted ratings in their favor. He, who knows what would have happened and who would have taken his place because they already had guys in line, you know? So it wasn't like, Austin would have taken his place because Austin was basically took Brett's place. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, if you really want to think about it like that. So ultimately, you know, guys like Triple H and and Undertaker and Mankind and all those guys were already kind of in line to be top guys. So, you know, who knows? Um, it's just it's really interesting, though, because there, it's a weird frame of time being that. You know, Shawn Michaels was out. He wasn't wrestling full time there for a little while between that period and when he came back to the WWE uh, after his retirement. So we don't know that he would have even been able to spend his whole time at WCW in in active in an active role. Um, you know, maybe yeah. he would have just ended up some kind of talking role. You know, because he wasn't able to wrestle. Who knows? Um, well. And- you know, and look at, uh, I mean, you know, just fluke things like Davy Boy Smith getting his back injury because they didn't tell him where a trap door was. I mean, you know, it could it, there could have been a fluke, something like that. You know, is Sean going right. up all out, diving over the ropes or something? You know, I mean, it could have been. I don't know. My big thing about, so Sean left such a legacy in wwe my the the best way i can equate it was like because when you said if he showed up it would have been cool it would have been a cool moment that would be like you know getting a titty flash you're like right that was an awesome moment yeah that was a lot of fun whereas his thing in wwe is like having a long lasting relationship with a woman that you you know you absolutely love um had your trials and tribulations with her but you guys stuck it out ultimately like it made you stronger made you love each other more yeah, yeah. So, it was I mean, better you know, for the what business. I'm saying is, yeah, Sean's Sean's time in WWE is like the perfect spouse. Um, I agree. <laughs> I know, know that's a great way it, to put it. 
whereas him going to WWE, it would have been, it would have been a, you know, a quick fling, a one night stand or something like that. You know, it would have been awesome. Like, Oh my God, he's here. Oh, you know, and, and I agree. Uh, is his, his name isn't even Shawn Michaels. Does he own the rights to the name? Would he have to change his name? Uh, I'm not sure to be honest with you. Um, you I know, think based I, on I, how I the contracts the worked. Names. Yeah. I mean, based on how the contracts worked, Back in those days, maybe he would have had something in the contract that Shawn Michaels was his thing. But considering he was a WWF branded guy, he may have had to come in with a slightly. May he would have been Michael Shawnson. <laughs> no, okay. He'd have been. He'd have been Steve Janetti. Yeah. Oh my God. So. So yeah, I mean, ultimately, it would have because he would have rounded off. I mean, at the end of the day he would have come back. He would have rounded off and ended his career in WWF WWE regardless. Um, I think just solely based on his relationship with Vince McMahon, but also because I still believe that Vince McMahon still would have had the opportunity down the road to buy WCW. So in doing so, he would have still come back in some capacity. Uh, Bones agrees. Um, And, uh, and yeah, so it would have been a really interesting time and it would have shaken things up, but I really don't know that it would have changed too much ultimately because around again, around that time, Sean was in and out of the business in general. Um, and I, although he made a massive impact in the WWF as their champion and as a character, I don't think it would have, I don't think it would have ultimately made WWF or WWE any worse off. It would have been a blow but I think it, they would have been okay in the long run. Yeah, I think I think the uh, it was just Sean's legacy would have been, you know, I agree with you that yeah things would have unfolded pretty much like they did in real life. But yeah, I think it was Sean's legacy that you know wouldn't wouldn't be near what it is. All right, so yeah, um, let us know what you guys think as well. Um, again, we would love to hear your guys' feedback on Twitter, on Facebook, on, on the comments below on YouTube, whatever you want to do, let us know what you think would have happened or how it would have turned out. Uh, if Shawn Michaels would have joined WCW in 1998 and, uh, here in the next day or so, we'll put up a poll on, uh, on what one of our next, what if main events should be. Uh, we love that you guys vote on that keeps you involved and keeps us from having to do too much work. Uh, yeah. So moving on, um, we are, this, this episode went super quick. Um, doesn't feel like we've been talking for an hour already, but, uh, I wanted to jump in. I didn't get to do it last week. Uh, so I wanted to make sure I caught up on it this week. We have some, some, uh, indie wrestling, uh, shows that I want to, uh, announce to you guys. I want you guys to get them all in your skull and, and let them rattle around in there so you can decide to buy tickets and take some trips and, uh, Go see some some good old wrestling. So uh, on December 4th, it's a little ways away, so you got plenty of time. Uh, in, I think it's uh, it's at the Afton's Elk Lodge uh, for episode, I think this is seven of WrestleMax. Uh, doors are at 4 p.m. Bell's at 5 p.m. General admission is $20 and kids under five, uh, kids, kids 10 and under five dollars and front row is thirty dollars and uh you can jump on twitter at wrestlemax stl stl uh for more details and the roster uh again i'll mention that we have 
We all go a little mad sometimes. St. Louis Anarchy, October 22nd. Uh, this is going to be badass. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that tickets are on sale now. Uh, it's in Granite Silly, Granite Silly, Granite City, Illinois. Uh, the pre-event party starts at 6 p.m. and the bell time starts at 7. If you've never been to a St. Louis Anarchy show, you do not want to miss that. We have on November 12th in Detroit, Michigan, uh, Evil Deeds, GCW. Uh, you can watch this on Fight TV. Uh, tickets are, are available at gcwevil.eventbrite. Uh, and I believe the 23rd of October, they have Game Changer Wrestling Presents, War Ready. Uh, we've also got, we mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to mention it again, uh, AAW Hell Hath No Fury. That's on the 10th of this month bell time is at 2 p.m uh it's in burrowin burrowin illinois uh, at the burrowin eagles club i don't know go to uh go to where is it aaw pro at aaw pro on twitter uh for more information for that it's featuring the mad king eddie kingston uh oh wow Yes, sir. And again, that is at on October 30th. Bell time is at 1.30 p.m. Actually, uh, doors are at 1.30. Bell time is at 2 p.m. And last but certainly not least, I'm kind of bummed out about this one, but Journey Pro Wrestling in Kansas City finally announced their next show, which will be October 29th. Uh, it is Freaks Come Out at Night. Uh, and it if you've never seen a journey pro show, obviously we talk a lot about journey pro and we have a very, very close love for journey pro being that we're Kansas city, uh, people, but also because they're just a wonderful company to be a fan of. Um, they've and got Walter their, and DJ are cool dudes. They're su just the most down to earth people I've ever met in the business. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at journey pro KC to, uh, check out the full lineup. Obviously, Jeremy Wyatt will be defending his Gateway Heritage Championship per usual against Cabana Man Dan, uh, along with some other uh, uh, car, uh, wrestlers' words to be announced here soon. Uh, make sure you go, because I'm not going to be able to be there, so you guys need to like show up for me and uh, tell everybody that Lucha Chris and Patriot Pat sent you. Hey, Patrick, it's been a wonderful show yeah. today, buddy. Again, it has. This was a good one. It went by really fast, uh, but we gotta go. We're gonna we're gonna run out of time, so we've gotta go. Uh, but I want to say, yet again, as always, follow us on Twitter at podcast kinda at Luchacris TV at Patriot Pat seventeen underscore seventeen seventy six. Also, our buddies at Fan from Ringside, Fan from Ringside Podcast at BFR Pod. We've got our buddy at Stardom at Stardom. It's spelled a little funky, but we, we share it all the time. Go go on our social medias and, and uh, check it out. He just had some really awesome guests on his show here recently. Uh, yeah. And uh, and if you need to, you can go back into the archives and, and, and watch our buddy Patrick and him uh, discuss some, some funny things. And I'm going to be on there one of these days when I can get my shit together. Hey, Patrick, send us out of here, buddy. Okay, well, 
First off, I want to say, if you're an indie wrestler or you got an indie show around that you like that you want us to promote, send us the information. We'll give it a shout out. Uh, secondly, I want to give a shout out to B. Sheck. We missed him last week and he was on a three show streak. So we're going to start that streak over again. MD Punk. Fuck you, dog. Um, and uh, I you think that's about everything. And so for Chris, for Patriot Pat, for the Luch man Luch. over there. Uh, yeah, this is Sideways in Time. We'll see you next week. Like, share, subscribe, promote the fuck out of us. And don't forget, folks, mark the fuck out. Also, remember an extra shirt because uh, you'll sweat all over it. Anyways, and if you want to understand where that joke comes from, just watch us on YouTube at Sideways in Time Network. Hey, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. <laughs>